Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of... podcast episode 202 what's going on bro oh feeling a little rough a little bit rough just gonna be honest with you um i saw that big uh dog you're carrying man you're not trying to make a pun rough joke dog joke right or (laughs) that's how out of it i am i didn't realize until now that uh that i even did that um i realized i can't uh it's not a good idea to drink coffee when I'm on antibiotics. Um, I had another, another lovely visit to the dentist uh, days ago, and uh, I got this, literally got screwed. Um, got a uh, post for an implant screwed into my jaw, and the doctor actually used a ratchet. Like, he came over and was like, yeah, this is what I'm about to use. And uh, here, here's a, uh, <laughs> there's a picture of the screw going into my tooth in my jaw right there. Oh, geez. So, um, yeah, I made the mistake of having some coffee earlier today. And, but hey, you know what? No worries. Brush your teeth, kids. Um, I had a, a lot more fun. Weekend. Doesn't matter. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, let me just, let me just say this. Doesn't matter sometimes. It helps, though. You can brush it your helps. teeth, take care of your, your teeth perfectly. Yes. Oh, yeah, it definitely helps. If they're this bad, you don't want them to get worse. So, yeah, always, always the best to take care of your teeth. But some people have worse than others. Genetics. Yeah. So, anyway, sorry. What were we going to say? Anyways, I had a great uh, week, actually. Last week, you know, at the beginning of the year, I usually go to Vegas just for work. And, um, you know, first off, we got a table at uh, – I, I'm not I've never bought a table at a nightclub before, actually, actually. you know, even though I've DJ nightclubs, like I ne- never actually bought a table on the company budget. So uh, it, it was pretty cool because how much was it? How much was the table? Um, you know what? We got like a balcony seat at Omnia. But that's in Caesars Palace. So it was like around three grand. Oh, it sounds nice. What for a table? Well, you get like two bottles of liquor you know and then you get like oh that includes that includes uh mixers and then you know the pretty girls who come out and bring the lights you know wave it around like you're somebody special or something like that but like i said it's it was a 10-year anniversary of my company so uh you know we were able to do something um you know out of the ordinary because it's a celebration any company that's lasted 10 years is uh you know that's quite a milestone so um you know we were there I was there for work, but I stayed at the Palms actually, because um, I want I didn't want to be 
in the whole mix, you know, and they actually had some really, really wonderful art there, actually. Um, they had, first of all, they had the Damien Hurst, the dots, you know, inside a bar. Um, and oh, know, wow. When, when I was there, at first I thought, I was like, oh, look at this bar trying to knock it off, like, you know, Damien Hurst um, dots, you know what I mean? But then I realized, I was like, wait, wait, wait. There's, there's a, actually a shark, <laughs> you know, up, up, up oh, above the bar. The... Right here. I'll, oh, I'll my up, gosh. I'll pull up yeah. a picture of it, you know? And I was like, holy shit, this is the real deal, actually. So um, I'm going to pull up a picture right here so you can see it. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, let me see here. So. Oh, wow, dude. So it's cut up into three sections. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, you can see the dots are all around the bar actually. And the thing is like, wow, I didn't realize that it's actually different sizes, the dots, you know, and depending on the location, and the so if you see it online, you're just like, oh, it's a bunch of dots. Like, wh what's so special about it, right? But the thing is, right. when you see it in person, the light really reflects off each dot like a different way, causing it to be kind of like a pixel. And, you know, you'll find your eyes kind of like scrambling the dots and a movement coming in out of the dots. Depending on the size, it would be a different kind of experience, you know? So I was just actually blown away by and of course the shark um you know was really amazing too which is a uh, embedment right um and wow. uh, you know that's actually a real shark in there so i mean yeah. you know hats off to the, the palms man that you know they had that green street bar that was open there for a little bit that they had like a banksy the um uh let me see you know i think it's a policeman or something like that um oh. you, you know uh but at the end of the day, I was just like, whoa, blown away, man. Really, really amazing um, art at, you know, the Palms in Las Vegas. Unexpected. You know, I just kind of wanted to just, I was like, hey. Yeah, I mean, you know what? If you're anywhere else other than like Vegas at the Palms and you see some dot pieces like that, yeah, you're probably like, oh, that's not the real, not the real thing. But, dude, if you're at the Palms in Vegas, there's a good chance that's a real, um, yeah, I mean, those are real dots. Well, and plus to have the shark there. I mean, good grief. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. And this this is the bar that they had that was temporarily closed now, but they actually had the some real Banksies inside there too. And I heard wow. that actually the Palms is now like it's like the first but Jaws an easy piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool pieces in there. I think there's like a um I I don't know. I can't I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but um it's like uh um there you know they they got a lot of cool art pieces there, and also I heard it's like the first uh, Indian-owned casino out in Vegas, actually. So you know they're just kind of like bringing new things to the game, man. And uh, yeah, I really really enjoyed their uh, uh, you know that experience, man. And the ghost part there was like some super cool uh, art too. I mean I don't know who it is, but um, but yeah, man, I was like like I said, unexpected. Sometimes you go to some place and then you're just like, holy shit, man, the art here is fucking amazing. You know, so it, it was a pleasure to get, you know, something I was just remembering when it, when you come to those dots and you say that there's some kind of movement in between them and everything, mm -hmm. that's what happens when you have, when you spacing have spacing like that with colors, um, your eye automatically kind of plays tricks on you and, and creates, you know, some, um, almost illusions, you know, um, uh, you know, especially if it's a white next to a, a, a color. 
You know, That's there's always point. like if you look at something and then you look at a, at a white wall, there's always like that, uh, you know, contrast color you'll see there in stage color. Um, so yeah, dude, that's, uh, I love I, I would actually like to see that sometime next time we go to Vegas. Um, yeah, yeah. I gotta go well, see that. You know, I did invite you, man. Right. So, uh, you know. yeah, well, you know what, dude, try being married with fucking 12 year olds. Okay. So fuck you. So, uh, so here, uh, also in the, oh, here I found it in the ghost bar. I got to bring this up. I have no idea who did this art, but it's basically also an embedment. But if you look at it, it's, it's many different, uh, layers um and it's kind of like you zoom in and then this oh okay i see different layers of glass yeah different layers of glass and oh you know my it's God. super intricate man i mean i just went to the bar just to go check out the sound system there you know it's the ghost bar remember back in the day the wow las vegas they did like a like a thing there um so no i, I never uh, watched that <laughs> But here, here's here's a different picture of another another one. Whoa! Too. And this is all 3D too, you know. So it's super interesting. Yeah, you know what that's called? You know what that's called? That's called budget. That's called I've I've got a freaking budget, you know. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, at the end of the day, like that costs is, a lot of money to do it, that. It, Are you kidding it me? It definitely does cost a lot of money, but it definitely costs a lot of time too. Because I I mean, the well, yeah, I mean that too. But you can have all the time in the world, but if you don't have the budget, you don't get to make something like that. That's true. That's def definitely, <laughs> or, or the uh, Damien Hurst. You know, like I said, he's a. Uh, uh, no, the dots. You know what the dots? Um, that can be done. You know, by anybody. You know, it's just on canvas or whatever. But the shark, the the triptych of the shark. I mean, you're only doing that if you got a budget. That's true. The dots, though. <laughs> if, you, if I got, I gotta say though, I I wonder how he drew those circles. I mean, he probably didn't draw those circles himself actually he told like his assistants to draw it too you know because they gotta produce a lot of these right but i mean do people just free I, I was looking at the paint up super close and yeah. i mean it's just very very fine layer man i mean it's just so smooth evenly done i'm just wondering like with a sprayed maybe just definitely a stencil not sprayed man definitely not sprayed uh, you, you know it definitely was not a stencil man um Oh, dude. Okay, now I'm a little bit uh, intrigued. Yeah, let me because let me, if let me that see. means that someone put that on there, maybe with gouache. Gouache is like something that is easy to to lay a flat layer down, and and if you mix it the right mixing um, uh, quotient, you can actually limit the 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 look. You know the the ability to see the brush strokes, basically. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to pull up here. Um, you can't really see it at all in this, but you can. Cut can you zoom in further? Yeah. Uh, oh, you were zooming in. No, I can't tell by that. I can't yeah, tell. Can, but anyways, it's kind of cool. Uh, you can kind of see the light reflect off it, man, and they're just perfect circles. I mean, it, you know, honestly, I was really amazed. I was like, I can't believe I'm just looking at circles of different color for so long. You know what I mean? And uh, it's it's really a stroke of genius, though those uh those dots, man. So um. Anyways, enough uh, about Damien Hurst, man. That guy gets pressed all day. Yeah, he gets enough and he gets enough exposure anyway. Fuck this yeah. guy. So, but um, I do have a new song, man, and uh, I do. Ah. Some, you know, um, do we get to hear the whole thing or just the fucking beginning of it? Um, yeah, we'll play the whole thing. You, you know what? Or, or you know what? Uh, should we play it? Let me let me see here. I do see our our guests in the waiting room. Oh, now you're not going to play it? What the fuck, huh? Uh, what are you going to play, uh, motherfucker? 
geez, you know what? I'm going to play a little while, okay? Maybe I won't, depending on if we have time. Maybe I'll bump it. Anyways, man, I'm really excited because, uh, like I said, I've been working on this music thing for really hard for the past few, you know, few years. Um, and, uh, you know, this is my first, I think, professional debut. So, uh, you know what? I'll tell you what. Why don't we let um, uh, let Johnny hear it also, you know, because I'd be curious to see his, his response well, as well. Like, you know, uh, if he doesn't fuck like the it. guy if he doesn't like it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, OK, I'll, I'll go ahead and let him in, man. I see our guests in the waiting room. I'll go ahead and let them in. Nice. Johnny, can you hear us? What's up, guys? Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey teacher. Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? Nice to see you guys. It's it's nice to cyber meet you. <laughs> That's how I meet people these days. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Um, it's weird because sometimes I forget that, uh, you know, I see someone in person. I'm like, I feel like, it, oh, yeah, it was on Zoom, of course. You know, like, it's, you're, it's, a lot, you're a lot taller than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dude, thanks for joining us today. Where, uh, where are yeah, you joining us from? I'm right in Hollywood over by uh, Guitar Center. Oh, okay. My studio. Nice. Yeah, my studio. Oh, so you're in your, you're in your studio? Well, I live and work in the same, it's like a, a two-story townhouse. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, it's Very like, nice. It's like, from, I think from the 50s or something, maybe. Ooh, dude, that piece behind you, that's really cool. Can you tell us I just about did that? that. Yeah. Hang on. Really? Yeah. It's nice. Like, I don't really normally do abstract work, but... Uh, I wanted to like push myself in a different direction. So I started uh, doing some different work uh, in the last, that, well, I would say the last year because each piece takes about six months to do. Oh, okay. Wow. You can't tell there's like probably about 10 layers of paint that I let dry and sit outside and then dry and, and there's a whole- What size of is that? Was that like three feet by four feet? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And what's the what is the medium? What uh, what kind of paint? It's, it's, are a, those? it's acrylic paint and coffee, like uh, instant and coffee. coffee. Instant coffee. I mix in with the paint, and I didn't know it was going to do this because I'd never done it before. But it started to run down the, the canvas, and it, ah. and it and it's shiny for some reason. So you can see some shine in the areas where the coffee is, but nothing. Else, everything else is flat. Imagine if you get close enough, maybe you get a little. A little coffee, uh, little coffee smell, or yeah, sure. Yeah. Get your morning fix, you know, whatever. It helps with the texture, basically, right? The yeah, dude, that's actually not a bad idea, you know, to have artwork <laughs> that if you get close enough to it and you kind of smell it, you know, you actually get a, the experience as well. You know, I I'm sure there's already pieces that, like that, but hey, don't rain on my fucking parade, fucko. <laughs> you're, you're trying to sell smell a vision with no movement. You, you smell a vision. I mean? <laughs> you're basically saying like paintings with uh you know a smell man like i i think scratch and sniff is like that's basically the part of this we're gonna go with uh you know art that has a smell man like you, you know i think I mean? you're wrong there was a, i absolutely there was a, you know what johnny what do you think about that you think you think uh james is right or what no i went to an exhibit at uh, bergmont station maybe 10 years ago and there was a woman who did uh art made out of chocolate like canvases 
It was just all chocolate. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how she... I hope it wasn't very hot. No. <laughs> yeah, they turned the AC on. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine transporting on... that during the summer? I mean, good grief. Yeah. There's that one guy on Netflix that uh, does that chocolate art, those spheres. I don't know if you guys have seen him, but I mean, dude, the shit that he does with it, I'll, I'll pull it up in a second. The shit that he does with okay. chocolate is just like, next level man it's like sculpture with uh with chocolate as a medium basically so uh, oh. it, it, you know definitely um don't knock chocolate i gotta go on me. about this james i gotta i really think you're wrong about the smell thing because <laughs> you know we're so visual and everything you know um we're kind of limited unlike you with your music you know um music you can you reach a lot more people you know and because they can feel it you know they can feel the pulse and everything and and and, and they can hear it and everything um and you know if you're at a, at a dance theater and you got the, the the you know the smoke going wherever you smell it and everything so mm. you know let us have at least another little sense in our in our you know uh in our world over here okay in our little art world so um you know i don't want to start a rift between you guys <laughs> no no i mean this, this is dude really... we are a rift we are a rift that's why we exist so well you know what i mean yeah. like i'll call him on his shit and he'll call me on my shit like i said Beavis <laughs> I'll be butthead, man. It's all good. I don't, I'm not going to accept one old, except one older and one younger. Right. I'm still not going to pick who's who. <laughs> it's all good, man. But, um, We're actually both of us are both of them. So nice. So tell us a little bit about. Okay, I want to play this video for the uh, for the audience real quick, man. It's only 40 seconds, but uh, I thought it's a really cool video. It's it's on. Uh, your website and it's on mine. Let's just yeah, let's just start off with it real quick. Oh, okay. I love that picture. Okay. Where is this? This was uh Jeff Hamilton's studio downtown LA. Oh, okay. When they so did, did the um the street art fair. This was the street art fair about four years ago. Okay. Um Maybe longer now. I forget. COVID kind of uh, fucked up my timetable. Guys, uh, oh, I know, was, right? Everyone. I thought the content was pretty cool. The the audio, man. You guys are talking over it, but uh, basically, it was talking about. It was talking about. Oh uh, shit! I'm sorry. I can't hear the audio. I didn't know there was. My bad. I I didn't hear anything either. Yeah. Okay. 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 Let me. Let me. Uh, let me. Let me. Let me fix that, man. Shit. I mean, I think I fucked up. Is it because we're old white men that wear glasses, or what? <laughs> I can tell you what I was saying. No, I, I thought this is uh, super cool, man. Hold on one sec, because it's, it's really well done. All right, here's, here's the sound. Autophobia. When nice. I was a child, I remember um, lying on the floor in our living room coloring in a coloring book, and I was just scribbling like mad outside of the lines. And my grandmother came over and she slapped my hand. She said, stay inside the lines. You have to stay inside the lines. And ever since then, I've been painting way outside the lines. For the listening audience, it says Otto was here. He's spelling it out with his fingers on the on the screen. Dude, that was awesome. Dude, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> much better with the with the audio with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I was hearing it. That's why I was like, guys, come on, don't talk over the audio, man. It's amazing. You, you know, I mean, teacher, that's rude. Come on, man, you're running the art. 
but uh, no, that was that was super cool, man. Uh, I thought that was a cool little introduction, man. And who did the oh, music in that? I did, yeah. Oh, so you do dabble in electronic music then? I do music. I I did the effects of me drawing on the thing, you know. That's Dude, after. That's awesome. Oh shit! Man. You do it all. Fuck you, man. I hate you, man. You're you're like good with the computers and stuff. I'm not. Everybody hates. Okay, me. let me just let me just get this out of the way for our for our audience as well as us. I mean, you look like you're about my age. I'm fifty, almost fifty four. How old are you? I'll be fifty seven in April. Oh, okay. So you, you actually look a little younger than me. So fuck you for that too. Um, <laughs> I've been around. I'm forty, Johnny. So so. Uh, oh, nice. Just, just, little just little James is forty. Oh, I'm I little kid him. over there in the corner. <laughs> look at him. He doesn't even have any fucking I'll lines on his now. face. I mean, I'll come on. Nothing. I'll take it. Hey, Asian don't raisin. That's what we always say in the Asian. <laughs> doesn't have a beard either. Where's oh, your wait, beard? I, I have beard envy though. I I, I wish I can get a beard, but you know, us Asians, I got plenty right here. Jen. You know, a lot a lot of us were like dolphins, man. We're hairless and smooth. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh <laughs> but anyways. But uh so, so tell us a little bit of I I love this video, man. When when did you make it and like uh uh so, what was the inspiration behind so it? Jeff Jeff Hamilton uh for people who don't know who he is he does uh, these big street art fairs he's a like a, a clothing oh yeah guy. I know Jeff yeah he does leather jackets bros. for all the NBA people and stuff yep and uh he does these amazing art pieces made out of uh old Louis Vuitton bags he cuts them up and does these giant uh yeah and then he does these jackets that are pretty insane but um he used to have a giant warehouse downtown on Wall Street, Wall Street in Ninth, and uh, he had the street art fair with like 40 artists from around the country, mostly from LA, street artists and vendors, so there's a lot of weed going around. Um, <laughs> he, he invited me to go and paint on these giant walls that were like, I want to say about 10 feet high, and there, yes. there's three there's three panels, so altogether the 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 length of it would be about 15 feet or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, well, if I'm gonna do it, I gotta shoot it, you know, because I'm a filmmaker as well. So I gotta so I just set up my camera and did this little piece, and then I took it home and uh, narrated it over top of it, and then I uh, got into my Ableton Live and did a little uh, some creepy little music to it. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. So in total, like other than actually, you know, filming the video, once you got home with all your stuff, how long did it take you to put that together and to be ready to put up on, on the internet? Oh, it's like uh, an hour or so. Yeah. God, man, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm kidding. That's that's amazing. And that's this really uh, I wish I could do that. Um, but, you know, and I'm younger than you. So fuck geez okay i'm really feeling bad about well, this I'm, now to be fair uh uh teacher i went to film school in canada and i was in oh, shit. I, my second year of school the the professor asked me to teach the film lab so i ended up while i was still in school also being a teacher uh like yourself um and so uh I had a lot of film experience when I was like in my late twenties. When I was when I was mm. eight years old, my dad bought us a camera. My dad wanted Damn. us to be creative. He he just said everybody in our family has to learn an instrument. Uh, he he let me totally destroy my my bedroom. It was covered with graffiti every inch of it. I had like nice. a, I had a big coffee can with like markers in it. So whenever my friends came over, I'd grab a marker and just start writing on the walls. Oh, and, dude. Uh, 
my parents never said any. They encouraged it. I guess they didn't say anything. Uh, love these guys, man. I love your parents. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, you grew up. You grew up in Ohio. No, I grew up uh, across from Detroit in Windsor, Ontario. Okay. Okay. Oh in, shit. Born in Ohio, but I never. I don't remember any of my uh, childhood because we moved to Detroit when I was four or five, and then okay. the Vietnam War was still raging. So I think my dad moved us to Canada to avoid any kind of. Uh, draft that might be coming from my older brother uh he was still under the, under the age of the draft but the war looked like it was going to go on for like a long time this was yes, 19, 1971 we moved to canada wow okay and then i, I i've been to uh i was two years old oh i've been yeah. to detroit and you know right across the border right there is uh, uh windsor is windsor yeah you know, that's where you know, i was that's where i'm from yeah. It's really funny. I have a modern age. When was the last time you went there for the winter? Um, uh, geez, that would be 32 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, James. Is what it, were you saying? Is it easy to go across from Windsor to Detroit? Windsor to Detroit, like that? Um, if you wanted to, is it like, you know, just can you work in? Is there border like, patrol, or is it yeah, like what kind so, of a, what kind of a? So back in the uh, 70s and the 80s, and even probably most of the 90s, uh, yes. You could just drive back and forth. You throw uh, your toll into this little thing. You throw a bunch of quarters in. I think it was a buck or something. And you once in a while, they pull you over if you look suspicious and check out your van. Like, especially if it was a bunch of potheads like us going to party in Detroit. They'd pull us over. <laughs> but we knew that they were going to pull us over so we wouldn't have anything on us. And they would just <laughs> it harass us for like 10 minutes. And then we'd go to the clubs in Detroit and then drive back. And... Uh, same with all the kids from Detroit would drive to Canada because the drinking age was 18. And so um, they would drive over to Canada, get really drunk and then drive back to Detroit. And my dad- exchange was, program, party exchange, you know? Yeah, and my dad, uh, even though we, we lived in uh, Windsor, my dad worked in Detroit. Ooh. So he had to go to a different country every day. It's a hell of a commute. <laughs> it was 10 minutes, but I'm guessing after 9 11, it wasn't so easy to uh, just go back and forth. Yeah, but they made it a lot tougher uh, after that. Um, I still think it's pretty open because it's a major uh, commerce exchange with the Ambassador Bridge. All the truck drivers drive all their cargo over. So mm -hmm. it's pretty open. There's, a, there's the bridge, and then there's the tunnel. The tunnel takes you right downtown. The bridge is a little bit more uh, southeast or so. I don't even know. The, direct, the directions over there are weird because it's, there's a weird shape to it. So, so you were partying in uh, Detroit in the yeah. 80s when yeah. electronic techno was being invented, I guess, I guess you would say, right? Which... It, wasn't, uh, it wasn't on our radar. New wave music was what we were listening to. Sure, sure. Um, but there were definitely synthesizers though right i mean yeah yeah for sure most of the stuff was uh um at saint andrews hall or like the city club or stuff like that uh where iggy pop got his start and all those clubs and stuff uh it was more punk rock sure it was uh, definitely a hard some hardcore punk rock stuff with like mosh pits and stuff so we'd go over and we'd get in the mosh pits and like get all bloodied up and then you know whatever and then uh I shot a couple of documentaries of like weird bands like the Almighty Lumberjacks, <laughs> Death. <laughs> uh, wow! And yeah, it was a it was a crazy scene. I mean, it was like it's not like uh, now you, now most of the punk rockers that you meet go to Hot Topic to buy their stuff, but 
these were like for real deal, like real, like people from like the bad neighborhoods and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I def definitely. I, I mean, <laughs> punk is, uh, it's weird. I feel like for Hot Topic, um, I wonder how the punks felt when it was starting to become corporatized and you can just buy everything instead of from thrift shops and you gotta make it all yourself. Yeah. To, Probably, the, all, you know. probably the same way Kurt Cobain felt when uh, Tommy Holfinger started doing like flannel on his runway. You know, mm. Ooh. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I was a kid growing up when Nirvana was going up and flannel was popular, and I, I remember you know liking flannel. I guess it was you know everybody was wearing really really bright colors before that, right? And it was like this like kind of like bubblegum eighties time too, with your yeah. tail to the side. And then all of a sudden Nirvana came along and grunge came along and everybody started wearing flannel, right? So uh, Yeah. The eighties went through a period because the uh, punk really started in the sixties and late seventies, more so sure. in the late seventies. Yeah. But the late seventies stuff, a lot of people think of it as eighties music. It's not. It's like from seventy-seven to seventy-nine or something. There's like a lot of hardcore punk rock. And then in the eighties it kind of got commercialized. Even David Bowie's music got more commercial in the eighties. And it was in the 70s but uh yeah the 80s definitely more commercial stuff yeah i was thinking about that today how like the 80s like people were really nice to each other actually um you know it's, at least it seemed that way i don't know i was still there's a lot of uh there's a lot of uh rivalry between rockers and punkers and yeah. and uh new wave people especially in canada uh because i i remember uh showing up to my high school with like spiky hair you know all new waved out and shit and getting picked on and people picking fights with me and shit because i was new wave <laughs> i see it's so funny people will always haters man there's always gonna be fucking haters good grief yeah it was van halen versus bowie man <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, can't you like both <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say i love both of those man yeah. those are like some of my favorite uh, bands good grief yeah. But there was a real rivalry, like the mods in the, what were they called in the 60s? The mods and the rockers. Mm. And now in, we consider in, in England, the same thing. Yeah. It's all the same shit. I don't know. I, I got in, I, I was born in 69. So I, uh, I'm, I, yeah, I wasn't, and I, you know, I grew up in a, in a basically a redneck Riviera. So I, my knowledge of that type of uh, music and everything, you know, very, very little. It was all, you know, Van Halen and, and uh, White Snake and, you know, ACDC and um, yeah, rock where's, and roll, fog the, uh, the Redneck Riviera? It's Northwest Florida. Oh, shit. Uh, Southern Alabama, pretty much. is okay. uh, Yeah, it's what they call the Redneck Riviera, dude. And it is, you it's like out. the Wild West in the East. Yeah, yeah. I escaped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I escaped a while back, you know, and and, uh, and got out of there. I mean, as, as an artist, you're just there wasn't a whole lot of culture for uh, for artists. You know, if yeah. you were going to be an artist in that area, you're going to be doing paintings of um, seascapes yeah. or uh, fish. You know, same seascapes in, or fish. Same in Canada, it was all just like land, like it was trees and, and snow. You know, that's what people are painting. You're like, this is Canadian art, and you just look at it, it's like, oh, that's what's outside my window right now. <laughs> you know what that that reminds me. You were saying that. Um, in, the, in your piece that uh, your grandmother was the one that was, um, you know, trying to discipline you for, for going outside the lines. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just wondering, is, is she still uh, alive or I imagine oh, she no, this, passed away? This was, this was, I was like five or six years old. 
you have to remember. So right. I'm just what I'm wondering is, um, you know, we're, we're uh, did she know that that actually uh, helped you to become who you are as as an artist? Like, did Definitely you ever not. get back to and say, think, hey, I don't even think she knows that I was. I think she passed away in the uh, the early '80s. I want to say. Uh, so I, I wasn't really painting as much back then. I was still, I mean, I was still in high school. Uh, yeah, she, she passed away, I think in the early eighties. I'm not sure exactly when, but no, she had no, she had no clue that that was just her Germanness coming out, you know, or whatever. You know what? Uh, I just want to share a story about my grandma. Actually, my grandma was an opera singer and she grew what? up very, yeah, Chinese opera singer. And she grew up very, Whoa. very poor. Okay. And uh, she met my grandfather and eventually we came, they came over to, to, went over to Taiwan. My parents came over to America. And, uh, you know, she, uh, I make music now, you know, and I, my parents don't have a music bone inside their body. And I always wonder, like, uh, you know, Ew. is it because of my grandma? But here's the thing. When, when, when I start, first started producing music, I asked her, I said, hey, do you want to hear some of my music? And she told me, no, I don't actually, because um, that's for people oh who God. make music. Make oh music. Y you know what I mean? Because I think for her, it that was a fucking very... bitch, man. I mean, I'm no disrespect to your grandmother, dude. No, but no, no. I'm, fuck I'm just that bitch, say, man. She's Chinese. She's Chinese, and I think that for her, growing up from poverty, it was kind of like a means to survive. Like I have to like sing in this like circus troupe almost kind of thing, y you know. And uh, maybe cultural I, thing. Right, right. Cultural maybe, thing. maybe maybe you're just like your grandma also felt the same way too. Like uh, I don't know, her your Germanness is is fall in line kind of order culture, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. What so, were your parents like? Were they artists or what did they do? My parents? No, my yeah. dad was a doctor. My dad was a DL in Detroit, so he took care of uh, uh, just the the most like the poorest people you can imagine in Detroit. He had like an office. In like the worst part of Detroit for some reason. Um, wow. And my mom uh, raised six kids. So. Oh my God. Did uh, they ever figure out what was causing them? <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait, did you say Roman your, your father was a doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, every day he went to his office in Detroit and then he would drive back at night. And uh, there was a there was a point in time where probably in 1986 or 87, I wanted a Les Paul deluxe, like Jimmy Pages, but it was like $500. Nice. My dad was Ooh. like, if you, want that, if you want that guitar, you have to come work for me in my office for like a couple of days a week for the summer. So I went to work in Detroit at his office and just saw the wow. craziest shit you can imagine. Because <laughs> no, none of his patients had any money. They're all uh, Medicaid or whatever it was called back then. Uh, right, and then uh, eventually uh, he was seeing so many of these patients uh, that the government was starting to crack down. I don't know why. I think it was uh, uh, Reagan who was trying to squash out Medicaid, and so uh, they the FBI raided his office one day uh, when my my other brother went. My other brother went to work for him, and I wasn't there, and they uh, separated. My brother and my dad with shotguns and tape recorders and questioned them about all this. They thought they were suspecting ah. him of Medicaid, Medicaid fraud. They were charging him with Medicaid fraud because he had seen so ah. many patients. But that's all they had. That's there were no 
other kind of patients in that area of Detroit. <laughs> it's like, what do you expect? You know? So they put my dad out of business. Yeah, they put my dad out of business. And uh, he ended up going to, he ended up moving to Texacoma, uh, the panhandle of Oklahoma and Texas up there, like, and uh, where like the houses are like 20 miles apart and there's just cows everywhere. And that's kind of where he, uh, his, his last practice was. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Dude, I, I'm, I would be down for that, you know, for uh, at least uh, most of the year at this point, you know, after living here in Los Angeles for 20 years and dealing with the traffics and, and traffics, the traffic and the houses, like, you know, right next to each other and everything. I mean, that yeah. sounds kind of nice. <laughs> but then you don't see a lot of street art, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Johnny, I mean, you do, you just got to travel a long, longer distance. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a different scenery in Oklahoma. I've been there. I mean, there's there's things that are nice about it too, but uh, it's definitely different. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a couple things. Um, you mentioned that you play guitar. Like, I see a guitar in the back too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you, you know, what do you like to play usually? Are you a Led Zeppelin guy? I mean, you I, I can't play worth shit. I can't play that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe folksy, <laughs> folksy kind of stuff. Uh, uh, Towns Van Zant was one of my heroes, but I can't play like him. Uh, I like Johnny Cash, stuff like that. Uh, nice, yes. Yeah. Fans I, I, of that. I don't know if you know who Towns Van Zant is, but he's an old school uh, picker, a country guy, kind of. Uh, Van Zant. Yeah, cool. if you can find. Uh, you know what, dude? While we're talking about music, James, how about you? Uh, how about you play your song, dude? I've been trying to get James to play this song. He only played like a, the first part of it. Like, you, you know, you learn how to, to market your stuff and how to, you know, well, well, let me time it you. out and everything. This fucker would not listen. Let me listen to this fucking song. He's going to play it for me earlier. But I was like, you know what? Um, you know, maybe Johnny would like to listen. You know, and maybe, you know, he was, well, he might not like that type of music. I'm like, okay, well, you know, whatever. Let's well, see. Well, real quick, real quick. Let me, let, me ask, let me ask Otto something real quick. I mean, do you, you did make a little bit of electronic dance music in your in your in your video earlier are you like you know how much do you listen to any electronic dance music at all i mean just uh not so much for dance stuff i like uh like brian eno or like uh, tangerine dream or stuff like that more electronica know? kind of stuff like that. yeah like vangelis uh, the guy who did blade runner mm -hmm. uh uh like an apex twin or something like that atmospheric kind of electronic uh yeah. soundscapes kind of uh brian eno is a big one you know Cool, um, man, dude, I love I love how you're you you like these uh, more obscure artists, man. Um, yeah, I grew I grew up. One of the first uh, uh, albums I ever had was uh, my dad gave me a cassette tape for my birthday of Pink Floyd, The Wall. I remember those. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then uh, my brother gave me Jimi Hendrix uh, a double live album. Uh, That's quite different. <laughs> yeah, and I started I started listening to like. Pink Floyd, uh, uh, the early stuff, which is really experimental. That's uh, yeah, very Barrett, experimental. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And then, uh, yes, their stuff where they have one album, it's like uh, two albums long, with this, and it's one song. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. nice. You're like, wow, that's a long song. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, like a, this is jazz, man. <laughs> an 80 minute song. It's crazy.
Yeah, but yeah. never gonna get radio play back in the day. That's what they were worried about, right? But now, I mean, like I said, it's kind of cool when you look back on it. This guy really whatever. Likes. Like they said the same thing about Rush, and Rush uh, is one of the biggest bands of all time. Yes, ended up being a huge touring band, even if it they didn't ever got radio play. Are you a Rush fan? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I found yes. I was, at the very beginning. I found his voice like super. Like just abrasive, but later on yeah. I learned to really appreciate uh, what they kind of grows on you. Yeah, yeah. They, they really so, pioneered a lot of different types of guitar chord progressions, man. And I yeah, definitely oh, them. those guys were so talented, it's crazy, dude. So I was a, a radio DJ at CJ uh, AM FM, CJM FM, the college radio station, like the University of Windsor. And uh, there's a policy in Canada where you have to play 30% Canadian music. Back, back then there there wasn't any canadian music that was I'm trying to think of a canadian band from I mean, the 80s, from the 80s think of, think yeah. of one from Adams? the 80s no is it yeah he's no, canadian he's not. i mean that that's like is late he? 80s that's like late it, 80s. it was like neil pert neil pert that was the drummer no, neil young of, of neil rush young, man neil no young. no 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 dude of, of rush I, i'm talking I'm i was trying to remember the, the drummer for rush that i just loved that was neil pert sorry yeah. anyway there's like five artists that are Canadian. And so I was like, what am I going to do? So I just play Rush over and over and over and over and over again. The same, the same song, Tom Sawyer. I just played that five times a night. And it was like, there's my 30%. And I could put all the punk rock I wanted to from, from wherever, you know? <laughs> I get it. You know, you know that, that, okay, anyways. There's um, your quota. How do you like me now? Yeah, you, you know, I for for me, like I loved all the rock stuff, and uh, you know, I grew up listening to classic rock, man. I I, I pick, you know, just would go through my friends' parents' like uh, libraries in the '70s and '80s rock, and I grew up in the '90s, so I know all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, the '90s are an interesting time where, you know, rap, rock, uh, you know, they were both kind of having their golden years. I mean, it's just, you know, in terms of different types of popularity. And, uh, you know, also electronic dance music was really, really starting, like raves, underground parties, warehouses. And that's kind of um, where I decided to choose my discipline. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I've been a, I've been a, like a, a rave DJ for a long time, but I didn't really start producing until maybe like four to six years ago. And I took on this mentorship and uh, like, you know, so I've been um, working on my music for the past like three years and i'm finally kind of releasing my professional stuff so uh cool. you, you know like i said i'm a little shy about it too but uh i just want to ask all these preface questions before because like dude I said, pull your dick out and let us see it okay <laughs> all right man um you, you know this song's called uh I, i'd love for you to just you know check it out i'd love to see your reaction yeah, for sure. okay so uh yeah the, the song's called drop that man all right what do you use I use Ableton. Um, nice. I'm a, I'm a uh, Ableton serum. Serum is a synthesizer inside the box. So mm. uh, um, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's better, okay. Man. Whatever you just you just yeah whatever you just did, I, we could finally oh. hear it. Other than that, it would just it sounded like it was underwater. It sounded like the Canadian geese were underwater. <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. This is why I didn't want to play it over this, this this kind of medium because, anyways, that's like the DJ intro. And uh, oh, you fucker! You it, son it, of you know a bitch! See so what anyways, he did? You see what I, he did there? Yeah. Uh. Anyways, guys, it's it's not like I said. If you want to go back, if you want to listen to the song, I'm gonna put it at the end, and okay. then uh, everybody can go check it out, man, because it actually drops Friday. There's gonna be a dance party at the end of this, everybody. 
Exactly, man. Anyways, at the end of the day, like you, you know, I'm not sure. Fucker, man. I, 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 I thought I was gonna get the hair, but he did this shit on purpose. Don't let him. Don't let him fuck with you. He did this on purpose. Yeah. Well, the I main thing it. is, like, you know, I don't know if the street or audience. I had my lights out and everything. I was gonna be like freaking out. And, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I had like glow sticks ready to go. <laughs> hey, that, that, that's the kind of parties I DJ, man. At the end of the day, I, I DJ warehouse parties for people to take drugs to. Okay, yeah, so I've like, been to, that, I've that been is to like. Drugs. That is my that is my niche. So sometimes I wonder. I don't know if the street art audience is like uh, the exact audience, but fuck it. This show is. Uh, I think they are. A, anytime there's drugs. Well, involved. you know, if you would just fucking <laughs> play it for us, you know, and give us a fucking chance here. I'm kidding, man. No, that's cool. This is a this is a long tease for. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna put it at the end, man. So okay. everybody can actually like check it out, man. Because awesome. it actually, like I said, it drops Friday. But um, hold on. Let's let's get back to uh, you know we got kind of sidetracked, man. Let's get back to. Uh, no, I got a question for you. Okay, so we're talking about Detroit and everything in Canada. How did you end up in uh, in Los Angeles? Uh, I kind of always had this feeling uh, that I was going to get out of Windsor. Like if you ever lived in Windsor, you would have that feeling as well. <laughs> 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 and uh, uh. Even when, when I was when I was in high school and college, I was like, man, I just got to get out of this town. There's nothing going on. And like I said before, the only art scene was like you, what you saw out your window. That's what people were painting. You know? <laughs> it was like snow and trees and like little rabbits. I'm like, what the hell? And uh, the only art that was going on was the Detroit Institute of Arts had great art. But I was like, I got to first of all, get out of the cold. 40 below zero winters. Where the snow is oh! up to, the snow is up to your second story. So if you want to leave the house, you got to go up to the second floor, open the window, and slide out down the snowbank. And I'm not kidding. Oh my god! What That's how you get out of the house. Bank? I got to Google. <clears throat> so you know the snow that we're having right now on the East Coast, where everybody's like buried, like in like it's up to their the, the second floor of their house. We would have winters like that in Canada all the time because all this cold air is coming off the great lakes and it's like it's hell oh yeah i've heard about that effect man that's crazy so oh the great lake effect yeah that's it's like, i would call my now that i'm living in la I, my sister is still there i'll i'll call her and or send her a picture of palm trees in the winter time and she's like it's 40 <laughs> below zero here i'm like it's 80 degrees in december and it's 40 below there so there's a difference of 120 degrees if you can imagine that it's insane. It's funny because like (laughs) it it does sound like it sucks, but it's also cool that um, everybody kind of slows down a little bit while here in LA, um, you know, everybody's just, the weather's always good and everybody's just, a lot of people are just kind of moving at a really fast pace, man. You you know, so. Yeah, never relax. That's why I left. (laughs) I wanted things to be like, I wanted there to be like uh, people making movies and art and music and you can walk outside. Like one of the first places I went to, uh, speaking of uh, EDM music, they didn't call it EDM back then, but uh, was it some uh, dance club on Hollywood Boulevard, Florentine Gardens maybe or something like that? Still there. So I went there one night and uh, it was after all the other bars had closed. I think after the Burgundy Room was my main place. When that closed, I went I'm just wandering down the street and I found this place at like two in the morning. And it was all Asian kids doing drugs and drinking water 
and because there's no booze and partying like crazy to like the sun saw me man probably you're like two years old and they're carrying you around (laughs) (laughs) what year was this what year is this 1990 okay 1990 uh you know i was going to raves and i was going to raves at a very young age (laughs) not that young but yeah (laughs) so (laughs) but no i mean like i said the rave culture is super super strong here especially in los angeles man asians like there's there's a lot of us that are in the rave culture. Seemed to be that's what my first impression was was that uh, it, there's a lot of Asian people into this music, you know. Yeah, um, you know, I I feel like it's just like it's it's more of drugs at that. Well, well that that too. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think Asian people like they definitely love like ecstasy. But the thing is that I think that um, you know in other genres of music, which I love all genres of music, at that time it was less about the front man you know rock is always about the front man and rap is about the front man who's who's the face while this music it didn't matter just Um, people dancing you don't have to watch the band exactly you know you kind of it was a collective experience and i think asian people like a lot of us like uh you know we're we like to mob like you know we be in big groups you know things like that um so get shit done (laughs) you know what i mean but the thing is that it was cool yeah so i liked it yeah yeah so um Everybody was very cool. There was never any like uh, uh, fights or anything weird. It was just people dancing. And I'm assuming uh, back then, I don't know what the drug of choice was back then. Ecstasy, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, ecstasy's been around since like. They didn't call it, they didn't call it Molly back then. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it... Exactly. Or MDMA. Is it? <laughs> they call it, it Molly oh, now. Quick. They call it Molly now. It, yeah. It's MDMA yeah. is the, uh, uh, is the, uh, I guess just the chem- chemical compound, you know, it's a type of amphetamine, term, yeah. a technical term, methyl something amphetamine. Anyways, and then that's what MDMA is. So short street name is Molly. So all the kids say Molly. But, right. uh, you know, Molly is just like a white powder, basically. For me, just a little drug advice, kids. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, when you take a press pill, if there's a problem with that press pill, that image on it, yeah. let's just say it's a red Superman, it's bad then you know not to take the red Superman. For sure, all that batch is bad, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, like, now kids, like, they like to take the Molly, which is just white powder in a bag. Like, somebody could mix fentanyl, Me. and there's no batch system, um, you know? There's still, there's still corporate logos on it, is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly, exactly, you know? And this system, actually, you know, it's uh, it just... No way of identifying it. It helps yeah. people to be safe, I think, you, you know what I mean? So... Uh, I don't know. I'm all about, uh, you know, your drugs responsibly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, of course, everybody wants to have a great experience. But, uh, you know, nobody wants that kind of stuff happening to their friends. So, uh, you know, make sure you know your your source, man. That's the best advice anybody. You know, all these tester kits or just smoke weed. And for the most part, kids don't don't do drugs, you know, just just, yeah. yeah, Stay to the natural stuff. Yeah, smoke well. weed, take mushrooms. You know what I mean. And go to the uh, gym and work out. Like, only if you are of age. Only if yeah. you're of age. Yeah, but, just get, yeah. get an Whatever that age is, your parents hopefully can help you decide that. Yeah. Not us. <laughs> going to the going to the gym and working out doesn't make the music better, though. As uh, you know, some psychedelics and drugs do, do that. Right. right. You know right. what I mean. So uh, <laughs> the, feeling good is you, one thing, but you know, you know, if you need. But hey, if you, you can always hyperventilate. You know, there's that. <laughs> there if you need kids. drugs, though. did you ever do that? There's John, kids at the raves. Like when I was in um, junior high school, I remember doing this. I think twice, and then I was like, okay, fuck this. I'm never doing this shit again. 
It's like you breathe in and out really hard, really hard. Then you hold your breath and someone squeeze you. And the next thing you know, you're like waking up off the fucking ground. Damn, man. No, you know what? That, that shit would happen at raves, man. It would call I don't think that was high school. I think you were in a penitentiary or something. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, the, the, the redneck Riviera, bro, was, was crazy. No, see, I've seen that shit happen before, man, at raves. Like kids actually like they get together and they like hyperventilate together in sync, like kind of like a dance. And then they do that and then they fucking hyperventilate man like you know you go to these parties back in the underground i mean days like there's underage kids there back in the day like you know it's basically it's like kids who want to just escape their parental control would go to these safe zones i guess they weren't too safe you, you know what i mean but uh you know you know and uh, this type of music was brewing there and to me that's when i really fell in love with uh, this type of music because it was like totally not corporate sponsored it wasn't what people were telling you uh you should be liking like in the magazines and on the radio right it's just something purely that you discovered and uh it was really really hard to find this kind of music back in the day there was no youtube you, you know what i mean there's just like cds just being passed around so i think yeah. it's kind of like yeah. the punk scene that you were experiencing in yeah. canada because it's like these small bands um and you know you know it's just a tight-knit community basically that's cool i like it let's talk about your uh your your, your painting style um yeah. like you say you, you just recently um said you're gonna be experimenting with with the abstract work like you have uh, behind you there um like what are some of the stages you've gone through like when you first started uh doing art to uh you know to show or or you know um whatever most of my stuff uh uh, is influenced by the stuff I saw at the Detroit Institute of Arts when I was a kid. My dad would take us uh, on weekends or whatever because uh, he wanted us to have like a lot of culture and art and stuff like that in our lives. And he had a bunch of uh, art books in our basement, uh, but it was just all the classical stuff like uh, Van Gogh or like the Impressionists or like Picasso, you know, every, the, the artists that everybody knows. Rembrandt. You know? Rembrandt. So you go and you see them and you're right. like, wow, this, this is the stuff that was in the book. It looks much better in person. And then there was this little side room that I kind of wandered off into and it was all this African art. And it was like, a, it was like wooden masks and sculptures, everything made out of wood because that's all they, they had to work with. And everything was in glass cases, like it was- Sticks and stones. <laughs> just the sticks, not even the stones. <laughs> Uh, so my earliest influence was the African art. I, I was mesmerized by it. And so I'd go home and like draw these little stick figures that were kind of like uh, uh, Keith Haring-esque kind of just outline-ish kind of things. And I did that for like most of my uh, high school when I was supposed to be studying. I would be sitting at the back of the class doodling or whatever. And, yep. then, uh, and then that kind of evolved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how we all start, you know? So, uh, over the years, it evolved into more like, um, uh, I wanted it to be a little bit less stick figurey and like more dynamic and have more layers and be a little bit messier. And uh, maybe like three or four years ago, I uh, went to the Broad Museum and I saw uh, Basquiat for the first time up close. And I realized just how carefree his style was, you know? Yes. Uh, there was even like a piece of gum on the canvas, like underneath the paint, you could see that he, he, oh, yeah. was, and he, there's a footprint on one of his canvases. Uh, and the, the sides were all dirty with, because it was, this painting was probably in somebody's basement for 30 years, you know? Yeah. And I was just like, that's so cool. This is not the kind of art that 
I'm used to seeing. And uh, so I just let myself be a little bit uh, freer in, the, in that context. Uh, people still compare my work to his, to Basquiat's, although I think it's, uh, if you put them side to side, you, you're not gonna like mistake whose is whose, you know? It's more of like, what genre of music do you do? Do you, you know, like I might be in the same genre as Basquiat, but my work doesn't really look like his. It's like you know, AC, ACDC and Metallica are both heavy rock bands, but you can tell them apart, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, my that's my main style that I do. And when I do a lot of the street art that I do and stuff like that, it's uh, carrying over stuff from that. Like my my main symbol is just the eye. Cause I, I, whenever I start a painting, I start with the eyes. And so I do a lot of the, uh, tagging or whatever you call it around LA of just my eye with my name under it just says auto and it's just the eye and uh, so I do that I do a lot of the, the wait a second I'm sorry so when did that start when was the first time you did a piece on the streets I think it was probably around the time of the Jeff Hamilton thing I wasn't a really a street artist growing up um because you know and definitely in Canada nobody was doing any of that uh, and actually, some of the first stuff I saw out here was yours, teacher, uh, over by Guitar Center. Uh, those metal. Oh yeah. Boxes. You used to do those. Yes. I don't know. Oh yeah, still I do. still do, dude. I still do. Yeah. So oh, there was one over. They're great canvases, you know, and they're right there where everyone's sitting still <laughs> for at least a minute, you know. Yeah. So uh, I saw yours over by Guitar Center, and then I would start seeing uh, Wordsmith around town. And uh, uh, other people, just some of it, like just people taking stencils, like uh, what's his name? The one where the, uh, you'll know who this artist is, where he does the silhouette of a person on their cell phone. Thrashbird? Uh, Thrash, Thrashbird, Thrashbird, yeah. So I start seeing his stuff around and I was like, man, I got to start doing more stuff in the streets, get off the canvas, because I, I didn't have money to do canvases anyhow at certain points, you know? So I was like, what am I going to do? I'm like itching to do work and I don't want to just doodle at home in my little books or whatever. I want to be out in the streets making art or whatever. So I would buy, buy these big things of uh, chalk. The chalk is about that big and it comes in a big mm -hmm. box of different colors. And I would just go out and do yeah. sidewalk art. So I would cover all the sidewalks in Hollywood and stuff like that with my stuff. And then I would get the markers and do those utility boxes or poles or like streets or uh, whatever. I, I feel a little bit ridiculous doing it in my 50s, but I still do it because um, I still feel and like you know what? Doing, uh, doing it in chalk is very smart because you're not going to get arrested for right. doing something in chalk. You know, the cop stops by and says, what are you doing? He's like, well, it's chalk. You know, what, what are you going to do? Huh? Yeah. You, you feel like a Mr. Big Man today? <laughs> yeah, so there's one of my eyes. Nice, nice and yeah. simple, man. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, funny enough, I did this chalk on a, this wall over by a toy in this back alley. It's a, it's a brick alley, so I just figured nobody's gonna give a shit. I just <laughs> did, some, I did some chalk stuff, and then uh, that's over by Guitar Center somewhere. Uh, so I did it, this chalk figure, one of my African figure things, and uh, just did it in chalk and uh, wrote my name, Otto. And like two days later, I get a message on Instagram from the person who managed the building saying, you have to come over here and clean this up. Right now. I'm like, it's chalk. It's going to blow away in the wind in like a day. <laughs> yeah, there's some chalk. <laughs> you know, so I was like, 
Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Let the sun hit it a little bit. The wind will blow it away, asshole. It's gonna be. It's made out of chalk. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't think the cops care uh, either way. Like, I was a uh, my friend Inksap. Do you know Inksap? Yeah. Yes, I do. We've had him. Okay, so before. he was doing one of those utility boxes just like in the middle of the night where there's people driving by and so um uh i think la Cienega or something he's just out there with his roller you know and he's got his pail and he's doing his roller and he's putting up all this paper stuff all over his utility and someone's filming it with a giant light on their camera and everything and nobody cares you know, like people walking by nobody cares you know oh, it's yeah. like an event street art is, is uh an event. well you see that that actually makes it safer that actually makes it safer for him as far as cops are concerned, because if the cop sees that someone's filming them and there's actually a light on and everything, then they're they're more likely to assume that they probably have a permit and they're just, you know, filming for something, you know, and it's not like it's, some it's, guy by himself, like looking around and trying to do something quick, you know? Yeah. Plus, it's a shitty uh, utility box that everybody's painting on anyhow. And this, I think the city pays people to paint on them. Uh, but there, yeah, yeah, there I, are different um, different areas have different. Um, I guess uh what is it um councilman or whatever and yeah. you know um some areas are you know they'll let the artists go out and put stuff up some areas actually have these big stickers they're the are the, are the size of the sides of the of the metal of the they're actually called tra uh, traffic signal cabinets technically right. um but they have stickers that will fit perfectly on each side of that mm. so the art is done and then they make a big sticker out and stick it on the side of the damn box which is like, wow, that's that's awesome, man. And those didn't last very long. Or that's crazy. In 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 areas where guys get up, they they don't last very long. But if, you know, yeah. I think somewhere over in Pasadena, you know, in nicer neighborhoods, they they probably last a little bit longer. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, James, what are you looking uh, at, dude? Uh, no, I'm just looking at the cool art that uh, Otto has, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just taking a look. It, you have a really unique style. You, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just taking a deep dive. Into Why don't you pop his feet up there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Give me one second, man. Give me one second. Let's see here. So uh, um, two, uh, two and a half years ago, I started the mag my magazine, Art Squat, um, uh, because I wanted to- Oh, like, dude. Yeah, I wanted to showcase a lot of my uh, artist friends who weren't very good at promoting themselves. And so I started a magazine, uh, which was kind of inspired by uh, Andy Warhol's uh, interview, you know, how he started a magazine. Uh, I wanted to start a magazine that would just do art and nothing else. Um, so we've been going for about two and a half years. We've had uh, Dave Navarro on the cover. Uh, for his dual uh, diagnosis thing. Uh, we've interviewed people yep. like Risk. We've interviewed Black Larat, who's a French, old-time French street artist. Of course, he's a legend. I mean, uh, Yeah, Lerat. so I got to interview him. Nice. I, got, I got to interview Dave Navarro. Dave Navarro, uh, usually we email the, the questions to people and they email us back whenever they feel like it. But Dave Navarro wanted to do the interview on the phone, so he called me one morning. And we we wrapped for like an hour and a half, uh, which was cool. Nice and then uh, we we recently put uh, Kevin Nealon on the cover because he just released uh, a book of caricatures that he's done over the last fifty years of 
celebrities that he's met. Uh, oh, shit. Like, I know he did that uh, podcast, Walk with Kevin or something like that. Yeah, he's, he has his own podcast, but he's a very talented artist as well. Um, shit, I didn't know that. Oh, my yeah. God. I got to check that out. So it's a it's a book about all of his caricatures that he does of all of his artists that he meets, and then his stories about how he met the, the the person. So it's like Eddie Murphy. How did he meet Eddie Murphy? How did he meet? There you go. Here's all this stuff. Jim Carrey is awesome. Oh, there we go. Holy shit! Yeah, he's. You really gotta be great. kidding me. Yeah. Kevin Nealon did these. Yeah, Kevin Nealon's very talented. Yeah. Holy fucking shit! I've got a whole new respect for Kevin Nealon. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Nealon, dude, you're the shit, man. Wow, I'm yeah. blown away. I never just fucking out, knew. He just put out a big book of all this stuff, and uh, like, oh my god, wow, man! Yeah. Thank you so much for for mentioning that, man. Yes. Wow. So we, we had him on the cover. We had uh, who else did we have? We had the the guy who did uh, uh, oh, damn, what's that cartoon with the evil dog? Do you know? And uh, I don't know the, uh, Will Carsola is his name. Uh, so he does a cartoon called uh, Mr. Pickles. Mm, so you don't, you don't know that cartoon, Mr. Yeah, yeah, Pickles? No, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's about this dog who's a Satanist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the grandfather is the only one who knows, and nobody will believe the grandfather because they think he's senile, you know. But uh, we had Will on the cover. Yeah, there's Mr. Pickles. But Will does this really, <laughs> Will does this really great, uh, really dark kind of artwork that's uh, you would think is satanic, but he claims it's not. <laughs> Wait, so what, what is the name of this magazine? The Art Squat is the name of the magazine. Art Squat. Okay. Squat. So Art Squat uh, was originally an art gallery that uh, back in the 93, uh, there was an abandoned, uh, not abandoned, uh, how would I say it? So you know where Fairfax High is? Yes. Uh, there's a street right next to it called Genesee. And yep. Genesee, Genesee is all uh, Spanish fourplexes from the 20s. That yeah. First block. yeah, I've seen those. So my friend's, uh, my brother's friend lived in the, one of the top units. There were four units, top, two up top, two in bottom. And he lived in this two, two uh, bedroom apartment. And he said the one across from him had been uh, empty for years and the landlord was missing in action and hadn't collected rent for like five years. And if we wanted to take over this apartment and turn it into a, a space to use for parties or whatever, we should move on it. So we did, we went and we cleaned it up and because there were crackheads living in it or whatever, we cleaned it up and we put uh, padlocks on the doors and we, had, we hid these giant flashlights around the building so we could go in at night and, and hang our artwork or deliver. And we turned it into art squat is what we called it. Wow, that's and, awesome. Uh, the LA Weekly did a story on us and we had like uh, a bunch of uh, drag queen celebrities come out and it was a really crazy scene for like two years. And then everybody kind of went their own way but I loved the name art squad. I was like, man, I gotta use that name. And so I thought that would be a great name for my magazine because that's what we're doing. All this as artists, we're kind of finding our area in society where we can take a squat you know, for whatever period of time. I love and, that, uh, man. You just got so, from us. <laughs> so we do a lot of uh, uh, interviews with artists from all over the world. Uh, we're always encouraging people to write in and uh, 
submit their work. And uh, this year I'm turning Art Squat into a nonprofit. I just filed all my initial paperwork for that to try and raise more money and grants and stuff like that to open up an actual uh, gallery space. Uh, so that's my goal for the next year or so is kind of find a space that we can- Good idea, man. Yeah, that's so awesome, man. working on that, if anybody's out there who's got like a, a warehouse that's empty and they want to turn it into an art gallery. Very cool, me. man. <laughs> hey, that's uh, awesome, man. Thank you so much for, uh, uh, you know, letting us know about Art Squad Magazine, man. We'll definitely yeah. give you a follow. And uh, um, do you have anything else coming up? I mean, aside from uh, this, this, this um, well, we, we do that. Yeah. We do that magazine that every quarter. So the next issue is in May, which will be our, I think our third year anniversary. And uh, so if any nice. artists, any artists want to submit to us, just Art Squad Magazine at Gmail. Yeah, please, teacher. I'm surprised I haven't had you in it. Yeah. Uh, Let's do it. Let's teach, teach, teach just okay. It's okay. I'm not going to get offended like at all. You know, I'm just <laughs> teach isn't the best at marketing too. And to be honest, that's why we started this podcast actually, because I was like, this guy doesn't even use a computer. I mean, what's going on here? This, this guy's like, uh, you know, but, literally. But that's a lot of artists. A lot of yeah, artists are yeah. focused on their art, and and so the 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 point of the magazine was like. I wanted to shake people up. I was like, "Like your art is fucking incredible. Why are you not marketing it?" And they're like, "I don't know what to do." Uh, I was because like, they're okay, real gonna... artists, and you know, artists just are not good at promoting themselves. They can promote others. The yeah. Artists are great at promoting other artists. It's like when you give advice to someone in a who's in a bad relationship. You're like, your your relationship with this person really sucks. But meanwhile, you're in a bad relationship. It's like you don't know how to take your own. Well, advice. that's how you give them such good, you know, advice <laughs> yeah. because you know you can relate yeah. and everything, right? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> we're we're trying to encourage more artists to uh, get involved in somehow, you know, whatever way. If you're even if you're not a, a painter or a visual artist, we want to do music sections and film stuff and uh, put together a whole calendar and stuff like that of different events going on around LA. And uh, just try and do more stuff. We had we had Plastic Jesus has been in our, in our magazine a couple of times. He's great, um, and uh, just artists from all over the country, all over the world, from Brazil all the way to Germany. Visual uh, artists mainly, right? Visual, but we've also done uh, some music stuff. Uh, we did a, a story on uh, this Iranian rapper who got arrested because all of his rap music was uh, anti-government. You know. So he's on he's on death row in somewhere, nobody knows where, somewhere in Iran, uh, just because he was rapping about uh, freedom and, and down with the government or whatever. Uh, so we do we're trying to do some stuff that's more uh, not just political, but like uh, you know trying to shake things up a little bit, you know, and and let people know what's going on in the world who might be looking for art, but they're going to find something else too, you know. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, tell, tell the audience a little bit uh, or what your social media is and, uh, you know, where we can follow these things. Uh, so Art Squat is just Art Squat magazine. Uh, my stuff is either Johnny Otto or Autophobia, O-T-T-O-P-H-O-B-I-A. If you just Google any of that, uh, there's probably about 20 years worth of crap out there, but I've done uh, maybe more. And art squad is our underscore squat on uh, Instagram. You can go ahead and yes. uh, give that a follow like we did. Awesome, yeah. man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, 
you know, we that was really awesome. Yeah. yeah, thank yeah, you so much, man. And uh, you know, if you have anything else to promote in the future, man, feel free to let us know and just uh, keep us in mind. And uh, we'd love yeah. to be back. Do you have a date for when this is all happening? What do you mean? Like does this, this going up? Does it go live or not? Oh, this is going up tomorrow, man. I mean, oh. gonna, yeah. <laughs> I just got to edit in my song because we've been talking about it for so long, man. Yeah, so, please uh, do. I, I hope you guys sure. don't mind, and uh, everybody can check it out today because it drops Friday, and uh, you know, nice, awesome, man. So, I'll uh, drop it. There you go. Exactly. Pull out the glow sticks, man. You, you know what I mean? Pull out the glow sticks uh, and the fuzzy furry <laughs> boots, man. You, you know, I mean, let's go house and go party, man. But, awesome. Um, Awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us today, Otto. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. And to the audience, Thanks, uh, bro. follow us at PCTP Show. Leave us a review on iTunes. Love you guys. Take care and peace. Peace. <laughs>
Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.